Well, hello, it's, uh, this is Jeff and John um, on the other side of the pulpit. I'm Jeff, he's John, and uh, John's a preacher's kid, and I'm a preacher with kids, and so we we get together and we talk about the Bible, and we just we talk about different things, and we try to unravel the mysteries of the Bible, but the most important thing we're trying to do is grow our faith in God and focusing on God and learning more about God. And what we decided to do is make this these uh, podcasts to, to to see if anybody else would spark uh, thought to go deeper into God's Word, and so this is what we do. So we just talk amongst ourselves and and um, we just record it. We don't we're not really talking to y'all, um, but anyway, I hope I hope you get something out of it, and I hope that it sparks your thought. But uh, if nothing else, you know how our minds work, which is very scary. So. <laughs> Let's open with prayer. Dear Father, thank you so much for this beautiful day you've given us. Father, we ask you as we unravel the the mysteries of your word that you just uh, guide us, uh, Lord, to get us deeper in your word, to get our faith stronger in you, that we can focus our faith strictly on you. And that, Father, as uh, as we study, Lord, and grow stronger in our faith, Lord, that we can help others grow their faith as well. Father, we ask it all in your son's holy name. Amen. Amen. All right, John. You read me a verse of scripture and said, what you think? We've been talking about faith and object of faith and society says faith is uh, is something you believe in, which is true. I mean, you can have faith in anything and, you know. You can have faith in humanity. Yes. You can have faith in yourself. You can, you can have faith that a chair is going to hold you up. And I've used, heard that used how many times? I'm just going to say as a fat boy. There's often times I sit down with a lot of of faith in that chair. There's often times I, as a fat boy, too, he'll sit down in that chair wiggling, and I'm going, maybe I need to get up. Yeah. Uh, Because that thing's wiggling from side to side. Yeah. Yeah. You just hope you don't end up on the floor. Oh, but I got to say this, too, by the way. Him, Him mentioning the fact of preaching with children, and, you know, I'm a preacher's kid, and he's a preacher's with kid. Just things we were talking about before that y'all didn't hear. Uh, his son probably, I could have probably been Jeff's son. He acts, he, my son acts so much like John, it's it's scary. And Mason probably could have been my son. So <laughs> that's even more scary. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> of course, John's old enough to be my dad, so... But anyway, we we get back on the focus. So you, you the scripture you read, uh, you read to me was, for it is in for it is in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Oh, contraire! And pardon, pardon me, sir. Where might we find that written at? Romans, okay, one seventeen. But now. Um, you got to. You obviously got to read a lot more scripture to uh, to know what's going on. And Paul is visiting Rome, and he's talking to the people of Rome. He's not talking to Jewish people either. No, he is not talking to Jewish people. He's talking to the people of Rome, which are which are the Greeks and um, not uh, or the Gentiles or whatever anybody that's not Jewish. But here it is. He's talking to people in Rome. He says in in, um, in verse fifteen says so as much as it as is it. I can't read. So as much as is in me, 
I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, what we've been talking about in faith, John, is, is uh, where is our object of faith? And what do you think Paul's talking about right here um, when he's talking about from faith to faith? Man, that's, that's a wormhole to open up right there. And, and I know there are a lot of theological uh, uh, expository minds out there that probably could go much deeper into this than you and I could that have studied this for hundreds of years and mm-hmm. uh, written commentaries. About, but uh, when you look at the context that this is in and, the, and what we've been talking about and what we've been talking about up to this point in the last, what, three, four? Several weeks, yeah. Several <laughs> weeks is what does it mean? And we've heard this so much so much, especially in the times we're in right now and what we're, what we're going through politically and, and, and economically and ethically and societally and all these other leads. Mm-hmm. The statement coming across TV, coming across out of all these pundits' mouth, com- coming across from Democrats and Republicans and independents and, 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 and Muslims and Hindus and Sikhs mm-hmm. and all it name it, is mm-hmm. being a person of faith. What is a person of faith? Well, now the people, what 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 were the Romans at that at that time? What did they believe that they didn't they didn't worship God? Well, when when you when you read when you read what Paul and, and you got you got to remember too that when he wrote Romans, he'd already written several other letters to other churches mm-hmm, that he'd been mm-hmm, in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like when he went up to the to the. Uh, uh, Epicureans and all, it, 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 uh, they're Acropolis, right? Mm-hmm. He, he goes up there and he's walking down through here and he's seeing all these, all these shrines mm-hmm. to other gods and he come across one that says to the unknown God. Mm-hmm. So they were always looking for some new philosophy or some new reading or some new idea for them to believe in, which faith is what? It's belief. Yes. It's it's something that we as human beings search for within ourselves to try to find something solid or what we think is solid to grasp onto to live life mm-hmm. by. Yeah. Did that just come out of me? It did. I was surprised too. Well, now, <clears throat> so when you look at what the Romans believed though, John, they were they were they believed, like you said, other things, but wasn't it the Romans that had uh, the where our Olympics come from is it was, and they didn't they do all that naked? Well, either that or almost naked. Yeah, I mean, I'm, so they had all these challenges, and so do you think that that one of their beliefs or faith was was wrapped up in humanity? I absolutely do. Because you you look at what this passage just said. Who did Paul? Who was Paul talking about here? It's the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first. That's one God, the God of creation, mm-hmm. and also to the Greek. Now, when you think about that, you look at it, at modern day education. Mm-hmm. 
in the Gamma Kappa Alpha Beta uh God of Thunder, Thor, and, mm-hmm. and Zeus, and Venus, and... Greek mythology. Greek mythology. Exactly right. So what did they have their faith in? They had their faith in a greater power, but it was not the God of creation right. power. It was these gods that set up and rained fire down out of heaven on anybody. And, you know, uh, what's the one of, of, uh, of the seed? Uh, I don't right know. On the tip of my tongue. Neptune. Neptune. Yeah. Neptune. Oh, uh, and you look at all that. You looked at the gods that they had, and envisioning in their minds that they saw this big old group of gods that controlled everything or individually everything's. You know, mm-hmm. like this god was in charge of this, and this god was in charge yeah. of this, and they're all sitting up here around this great big pool up in wherever they live, Mount Vesuvius or Venus mm-hmm. or where you know. Uh, they're all sitting around looking in this pool, and you've seen the movies. The old time mm-hmm. movies where they're sitting around this pool and they're all looking down in it and they see somebody doing something and it's okay, Venus, go get him, or you know, uh, yeah. Thor, go get him, or you know, uh, Zeus, go get him, you yeah. know. And this God of theirs would come down out of heaven and zap this guy. Yes. Or help him, Jason and the Argonauts. Yes. You see where I'm going with mm-hmm. that? So there is a faith that we have as humans. There is a desire, there is something within us that puts absolute belief in something. Yes. Everybody has a measure of faith. Everybody it's has a matter a, of whether you where you're gonna put your faith. And 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 Paul tells us that we have all been dealt a measure of faith. Yes, he does. And, so we're coming from and and, and, and and just for a second though, John. <clears throat> I'm a people watcher. I love oh, yeah. to watch people. I can I, I could sit in the middle of Six Flags or Disney World Just, or the mall and watch people and have more fun than, than standing in a line to ride a ride that lasts for a minute. But and I watch people, and you watch people. But see, I watch people on a deeper level than just watching them walk oh, by. Absolutely. I absolutely. watch people how they behave and how they look, and everybody. That is the truest statement. That I as true of a statement as I've ever heard is everybody's got a measure of faith because everybody, everybody believes in something. Everybody. Believes. I've been in people's houses and talking to some of these people, and they go, "Until I found Jesus as my Savior, my dad was who I put my faith in. It's who you worship." I've had people go, "I put my faith in my husband, or I put my faith in my wife, or I put my faith in my children, or my parents. I put my faith in my job. I put my faith in myself." I have heard it all, John. And so you know that, that that statement is so true because you have that measure of faith and it's where you put it. And then, like you say, that why do they have to have an unknown God? Why do they have to have an unknown God? My speculation on that <clears throat> is because they were seeking something and all those other gods were not fulfilling that. That's absolutely correct. They were, none of those other gods fulfilled it. Absolutely correct. And so they were fighting. And humanity, though, and, and that's one of the things about uh, faith in humanity is you're all good until everything goes wrong. Mm-hmm. See, so you put your faith in yourself and life is wonderful and life is great while, you, while you're in, in that. But then when, some, when a tragedy <laughs> strikes, you're all by yourself and you, don't, and, and, and you get lonely and, mm-hmm. and you feel like the world is against you and everything's, uh, and that's when you start talking about um, you know, karma and, and other mm-hmm. ungodly things. Um, 
you're looking for something to put some substance in. Yes. So, so everybody, why do you think these other religions? And and this is just this is just something you sparked to me. These other religions like Hinduism and 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 Buddhism and Scientology and all that, you become one with the universe. That there's ultimately something that you are you you you're striving until until you reach perfection, which is one being one with the universe. And the only thing about that is, um, they don't understand that that's not fulfillment. Or they, it, they're looking, they're continuously looking. Mormonism, they want to become gods. Uh, and, and Jehovah's Witnesses, they want to become gods because they're not, they're looking and they, but they're putting that in their self humanity. And Christianity, when you start putting your focus on God, it puts everything in perspective. God's not number one, God is the only one. And see, you brought out something with that too when you made that statement. Didn't realize at that time, but they want to be one with the universe. Mm-hmm. Well, the only way you can be quote unquote one with the universe is to be a part of the one that created that universe. This is true, and there's only one way to do that, and that's through Jesus Christ. <laughs> through Jesus Christ, <laughs> and you. You're not absorbed by the universe. No. And and you were actually in heaven with God. That's right. But yeah, that's good. I mean, that's good. But but still, I mean, you, you still, you go back. And, and even in that, there's so much room for speculation and error and, and, and bringing in philosophies, which is part of what I see going on in the church today. We brought in so much outside philosophy that sounds good, that gives us coping skills that don't solve a thing. That's right. It still, it still comes back, number one, to the human problem that happened in the garden. We fell and separated ourselves as a whole, mm-hmm. as, 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 a, as mankind from our creator God who was united with us in the beginning. Mm-hmm. We lost that fellowship that we had with our Creator in the beginning. That's what we continually seek to go back to. And we do it through all this other stuff, through religion, which is something man created. Man came up with these ideas for us to get back to that point where we have fellowship with that Creator that we don't know. Right. Which comes through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's walking by faith. That's walking by faith. (laughs) So, so, I'm I'm giving an opinion here, okay? Take it. Let me hear. Please, please, if you listen to this and you have some other idea, some other opinion, please let us know. Mm-hmm. All right. From faith, faith, mm-hmm. the faith that every man has been given of wanting to believe in something is a higher power that controls everything around us that we can put complete confidence in to faith, which is the true faith. Mm-hmm. That we get and that we, we, we come to when we come to know Jesus Christ as Savior. Yeah. And we accept what he's done for us and, and he comes into our lives. That is from faith to faith. Because, and and this is kind of, all this is rolling in my head right now. This is not some theological thing that I've studied in school. Right, right. Okay? It's, when you look back at the context this is in, what's Paul talking about? What's... What's Paul talking about in the cons- I think he's talking about leaving the faith of the the Greek theology 
and going to the faith of God. That's right, because that's what he says in verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Yes. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Yes. That is coming from, for in it, the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. See, up to this time, humanity did not know the righteousness of God. Right. Why? Because it hadn't been revealed. Mm-hmm. For in it, in what? It, the gospel of Christ. What Christ done on the cross. Yes. His, his, his sacrifice for all of mankind. Yeah. His, the salvation that's been offered to us to, to get us back in communion, in, re, in relation with that God of creation back in the garden. The only way that could be done is through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Right. That shed blood on the cross, paid the price for our sins, was put on the mercy seat, and covered us. Yeah. Not only did it cover, it took away our sin. Mm-hmm. All right. That comes up to, to verse 17 when it says, For in it the righteousness of God. God is the only one that's righteous. Yes. For in it the righteousness of God revealed from faith, faith in, in, in that measure that we had. And mm-hmm. in, in, in that faith, we're looking for humanity and everything about it and trying to create our own gods in that faith yes. that, that we've been issued to faith, which mm-hmm. is the true faith. Yes. Which goes back to Habakkuk 2.4 when it says, the just shall live by faith. And where that faith is, is that faith in the work that God did. Yes. It's in his plan. Which is something the Jew, up to a certain point, the Jews didn't understand, and even to this point to today, they they don't understand a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not bashing the Jews because I love those people. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just saying this is something up through prophecy, and it's a fault of man. It's not a fault of God. That's right. And do you think too, John, on on a on a different level? Because first to to the Jews, and then to the to the Greeks, do you think on another level that from faith to faith could also say as your faith is growing from faith as a child to faith as because Paul writes, I'm just asking, I don't oh, know, yeah, that's what I'm yeah, thinking. Yeah. I, I mean, it sparks some thought when you're talking about this, but Paul writes, you know, you start out on milk like a baby yeah. and then you get to some meat and potatoes, yeah. uh, so to speak. And, and, uh, some people are still on the milk. Yeah. Do you think their faith just hadn't grown and from faith to faith to faith to faith to the, the growth of their faith? So not only do you think he's he's talking about, and I'm trying to, I'm, I'm just brainstorming. Oh, I know, I know. Because, not only is he talking about from your faith in other other gods to faith in God, but also your faith in God as a child um, to the faith as, a, as an adult in, in Christ. Absolutely. I mean, because what what is faith? You, it's it's something that's got to grow. Absolutely. Oh, uh, I mean, and that's why Paul refers to it so much about about uh, especially in the Corinthians when he says, "I I couldn't come to you and feed you meat because you hadn't grown. I'm having to feed you milk." You know, as yeah. as a babe in Christ, you've got to grow in Christ. Yes. Uh, you you can't. This is not something you you come to that initial faith. You come to that renewing of that mind at that initial point, but you still have got to grow into that. Yes, because it's a life we've been given. It's it's a rebirth. That's why that's why he tells Nicodemus and John that you must be born again. Yeah, because you've been born human, but now you've got to be born spiritually. 
But you know, and you're right. And here's the other thing too: is uh, is we never we never arrive at our faith. In other words, from faith to faith to faith, and walk by faith. Our faith is going to be continuously growing and developing and changing into a more mature, and we'll never stop believing. That will our faith will never end until sight begins. That's right. Because Christ is the author and finisher of our faith. Absolutely. Our faith will not be completely finished. Right. Un, until we get until we get into that relationship with Christ in heaven where we're united with him in his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And we're united as a church, as Gentiles, in that body of Christ. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yes. In, in other words, when 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 we when we when we're resurrected, not at the second coming, but when we're resurrected at the calling out of the church as Gentiles, yes. Uh-huh. Yes. which is entirely different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we're resurrected at that point, when that, tr- when that single trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ arise first, then we're united with that which made us, with the author of that faith. Right. And at that time, when, when we come on out to the, to the end of that period after that, after the tribulation has occurred, after the kingdom has been established on earth, mm-hmm. and we go from that, from that thousand-year reign into eternity, yes, yes. that's when the author and the finisher of our faith will have finished our faith mm-hmm. because we will then be reunited yes. with the one that created us. And I guess technically, John, if I'm not... if Our faith in something else... Turns to faith in God, grows our faith. Our faith is always, and I hate to use this word because people <laughs> is always evolving into something greater. It is. It is. And and uh, now the evolutionists are going to go. You believe in evolution? You believe in evolution. I believe my my faith evolves because it was not in my. I did not have faith in God. Then I did have faith in God, and now my faith in God is much stronger than it was. Well, see, even in that statement right there about the evolution thing, if you think about it, there are so many points that we can be deceived by, and Satan is at any point in time he is looking for those things mm-hmm. to deceive us to not believe in it. And, and oh, that's where all these religions come from. So he you want us to be religious. You've opened up a whole new can of worms right there. Talking the the more the more your faith grows, the more the devil sins. I you remember oh, those yeah. old Bruce Lee movies oh, yeah. and, uh, and, yeah. and 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 all yeah. these little oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. and Karate Kid and and uh, and all that you know. When you're weak, you get the weakest guy. As you get stronger, you, the competition gets more heavy. Yeah. And that's the same way with the devil in your faith. The The stronger your faith gets, the more he attacks you in weight. And he'll find a, a little, just a small crack in your armor. Yeah. I was talking, this is kind of a, a good example. It's, it's kind of, it's, it seems like off the subject. I was talking to a funeral director. He said, he said, don't ever let anybody plant trees or flowers or plants <clears> in a cemetery. I said, why is that? He goes, because... Those roots will go down, and there'll be just the slightest little crack yeah. in the vault. I mean, just I, he goes, it hadn't. It, it's just the slightest little bitty, and he goes, and sometimes it's where the the thing seals up, and it's completely sealed. But there's just a between the the two pieces, the the top and the and the and the bottom. Yeah. 
There's just yeah. enough for that root. And he said, it'll pop that grave open. Yep. He said, then, then it gets in there, fills it up. Then all of a sudden, you've got a gaping hole right there. Yeah. And and said, and and it just destroys it just because that. He goes, it doesn't even, it's, it's sealed up until that root gets in. Yeah. And I said, wow. And that's the same way with our faith. Yeah. It's sealed up, and then the devil comes after us with just something else, and he finds that one little thing that's so subtle, and he and he, and he puts it in there and tries to destroy us. But the the longer our faith grows, the the, the bigger our faith grows, the more the devil's going to come after us. Yeah, which which comes back to you know to what you were talking about with that about the crack mm-hmm. in the root. I was at a place the other day, and these two dudes were standing around looking at. I mean, we're out in the middle of the asphalt parking lot, okay. Mm-hmm. Two dudes were standing there looking at something, and they were squatted down. They was putting you on know, flick, and and I went. Of course, you know, curiosity got the best of me, right? Yes. I had to go over there and look. What you guys looking at? Those ants are after something. And I, I started looking. I said, "No, they're not after something. They're coming up out of the asphalt." Now we're talking four inches of asphalt. You know, four mm-hmm. to six inches of asphalt. Mm-hmm. And the guy said, no, that can't be. So he took a piece of paper and he flipped the ones that were there out of the way. And sure enough, here they come. Yeah, Those ants had made a hole in four inches of asphalt to get out of the ground. Yes. Which is the same analogy that, that we're talking about here, about how the devil uses all of this stuff to get into it. Mm-hmm. And all this fuzzy, feel-good, positive thinking, you know, positive mental attitude stuff that has crept into the church over the last 50 years, and I use that as a whole. Yes. Uh, it gives you this fuzzy feel-good and this illusion of everything's fine. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. just got to think ourselves into this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Which goes back to what Paul's talking about here when he's talking to the Greeks. He says, this 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 uh, uh, shrine that you have put up to the unknown God, mm-hmm. this is the God I want to tell you about. Right. From faith, from the faith you have in this stuff where you're putting your faith in something mm-hmm. that means absolutely nothing because you've been dealt this measure of faith that's seeking to get out, that's seeking to have reunion and, and communion with that creator yes. God again. From faith... To faith. Yes. The just shall live by faith. That's good. I'm That's good. <laughs> I'll tell you what, listening to you two, especially with no sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and just joining us is Jeff, also known as Hillbilly. And uh, he works second and third shift and first shift and whatever shift. And I guess you're on thirds right now. Oh, on man. thirds right now, building cars. So, um and then he comes in here to watch it, listen to us, and and uh, I'm telling you, this is how our mind works, y'all. But uh, yeah, that'll, that'll wake you up or put you to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've kind of covered everything I, I today. Think- we. We've got it. We're wrapping it up a little early today. I want to read. Uh, For once, we've actually we've actually got something completed without running out of time. I know, and I want to read something cool. for you. This goes with my sermon today, or the sermon God laid on me today. It says, "Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments to return to the Lord your God." For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. Who know, who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet of Zion. 
Consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and nursing babes, let the bridegroom and go out from his chamber and the bride from her dressing room, lest the priest who minister to the Lord uh, weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to reproach that the nations should rule over them. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? Look, faith to faith. You need to, if, if you are, 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 have been living this worldly faith or this church faith or whatever, then you need to turn back. And it says from the heart, not from the outside. Right. Inside out, folks, inside out. If you know Jesus as your Savior, get back to Him. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you're welcome to give us a call, talk to us, email us, uh, or go find a local, solid, Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church in your area. Um, but uh, we, want you to, we want you to know who Jesus is. We want you to know who God is. And we want you to, know your, to have faith in God and not in anything else. Um, that's not to say that when I this fat boy sits in a chair, I don't have a lot of faith in that chair. But my true faith, spiritual faith, is in God, not in man, not in the chair, not in myself. You want to close this in prayer, John? You got Absolutely. anything to play, wrap it up? Absolutely. That, that, that was in Joel chapter 2, verses 12 through... Seventeen too, by the way. I just read. No, oh, and we're not going to get. We're not going to make an appeal for you to send us fifty-two million dollars where we can go buy a new Learjet either. So yes, we, we we don't do that. Yes, if you want to send money, don't send it to us. Send it to your local church or a mission. We don't want your money. We want God to love you in your heart. You want. We want you to love God. Absolutely. So. Father, thank you for this day, Lord. I just ask you to go with us uh, the rest of the day and and keep our hearts and our minds focused on you. And Lord, just help us to know what true faith and the true God and the true sacrifice and that shed blood on the cross has done for us in our hearts and lives. And help us to go from faith in humanity to faith in you and in, in, in a true and living God. These things I ask in Christ's name. Amen. Hello, this is Jeff and John. I'm Jeff, he's John. Hi, Jeff. And uh, we're on the other side of the pulpit. I'm uh, John's a preacher's kid, and I'm a preacher with kids, and we get together. We just try to discuss the Bible and different things and different aspects about life to try to understand God's word more, so that we can grow deeper in God's word, and we can uh, maybe help others grow deeper. So we just have conversations, and y'all are invited to listen. Um, we've invited people in here to come and talk, but then they hear our minds, and they're like, "Y'all are just weird." So anyway. We're going to get started with prayer. Dear Lord, Father, thank you so much for this day. Father, thank you for all your many blessings. Father, we thank you that you have given us your word that is living true today as it was the day it was written. Father, we thank you for your son dying on the cross for our sins and raising from the dead so that we can have eternal life with you. Father, we ask you that anyone that listens to this, that they will, they will just have a desire to study your word. We ask it all in your son's holy name. Amen. Amen. All right, John. Just so y'all know this is real uh, and, and what Jeff's talking about is usually when we come in and start these things, one or the other or both of us have absolutely no ideas what we're saying. <laughs> one we or have, the other or both. Or both. That's true. <laughs> we have, we have, neither of us, some, like today, I have no idea what's going through his mind. 
So when he springs the subject on me that he's come across, then I'll know. So I don't have any. I don't. I have no idea what he's going to ask me, and what we're going to talk about today. I thought you said you had something to spring on. Oh me. no, no! I, sp- I already sprung mine. What <laughs> was left over from last week, man? I mean, uh, you put pressure on me, John. Pressure. Mm-hmm. This pressure's in a tire. Your tire holds the car up. <laughs> Think about that. One. Uh. So what you what you got on your mind? I mean, you we we've discovered this has been a long week. I mean, you've been to the mountains, you've done a wedding, you've. Uh, uh, yes, I have. I said, what else have you done? And hey, I did a wedding, and they're both still speaking to me. Well, you done a wedding, they're, they're both still speaking yeah, it's to each other. Yeah, it's only been a week though. <laughs> <laughs> they're both still speaking to each other. What four go arounds? We've been talking about faith, right? Yes, yes. We've we been have. talking about what faith means, and, and the reason that come up, if you listen to these things, it's because the subject came up about people that are now running for political office. And now all of a sudden, everybody says that they're people of faith, mm-hmm. and and we've talked about well, just exactly what that what does that mean? Well, we quoted out the King James, and we went to the. Uh, uh, New American Standard, and, we, and I ran across one in, in, in uh, Romans last week from the NIV, and it kind of changed it, but yet at the same time, it didn't change it right? because of the way it was worded. And, and, and we just we kind of briefly touched on it with each other, but let me, let me read that to you, and uh, we'll tell you all, so you'll finish up what we finished up last week. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And, and what we came down to was the uh, first chapter of Romans, verse 17. When it says, for in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Well, we kind of we hit that and we didn't realize, you know, according to the NIV, well, it's pretty well right. Yes. And, and I've been confronted the last couple of weeks with people saying, I'm, I'm losing my faith or so-and-so's losing their faith and, and this and that. Well, it just kind of dawned on us a while ago that if God's dealt everybody a measure of faith, how can you lose something that you've been dealt that you didn't know you had? It's the fact you've got it, and you just don't know how to apply it. You don't, mm-hmm. you, you don't realize that within yourself that every day when you wake up and put your feet on the floor, you are exercising faith. So, so you can't lose something That's a part of it. That's true. All right. Yes, and so people don't realize they have faith. And, and you and I were talking, it's just like people don't understand gravity when they're babies, when they're children, and all of a sudden they, they're taught gravity, and then, they, and then people go, oh, it existed way before they understood it. And your faith exists, and people don't understand it until they start getting in the Word. They don't realize that they're living by faith no matter what they're doing. And it's, it, it, it's not necessarily having or not having faith. It's applying that faith mm-hmm. and where it's applied and the direction it's applied. It's the object of that faith. So, all right. Anyway. You ready for mine? Uh, hit me. Not right. literally. <laughs> so, I've, I have been told... Yeah, I've been questioned on many occasions on this, and and um, 
So this is a different type of theology, theological question for you, John. Okay. Um, when, when somebody dies, where does their soul go immediately? Or does it go anywhere? And then, are we going to be in the same body as we were in as we're in here and and the third part of this question is will we know each other in heaven the way we know each other here <laughs> scripture says we will know as we are known mhm and have, as far as the body goes we're going to have a physical body, but the body won't have blood in it. Because the life is in the blood of a physical body. Mm-hmm. But the life is spirit. So therefore, we've got to have a body to have a spirit. But spirit don't have blood. In that body that we're going to have, if you look at Christ when he was resurrected from the dead and came back to the disciples... He appeared to them in a locked room. How did he get in a locked room? Mm-hmm. But yet he was in a body. Why was he in a body? How do we know that? Because he ate. He said, right. you got any fish? Here's the other thing, all right? So go back. When he was, yes, when uh, coffee's ready, y'all. That noise in the background, that's coffee. That was coffee making. Look, so John, so if you read about Philip, going and witnessing to the eunuch. He met him on the road. He went to the road and he met him, right? Oh, that's a good one right there. You know where I'm going I with know. Where are you going with that? And then it says that after he baptized that eunuch, that he went to Jerusalem. I mean, but he didn't walk. He just, he went from one, beam me up, Scotty type. He, he, God transformed him from where he was to Jerusalem, according to the scripture. So, and then when Jesus was about to be pushed off the ledge, he just kind of went through through the crowd. The crowd, and Peter was in prison, and then he was not in prison. Then he was anymore. not in prison. So, talk to me about that. So. God could do anything. God could take me right now and put me anywhere he wanted to put me. And 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 I would be from here leaving here. I could walk out this door and, and when I open the, uh, this door and walk out, I could be walking into another place because God can do that because God can do amazing things. Well, so, it's, it's funny you said that. And then in, in John, wait a minute now, in John chapter 20 or 21, I can't remember which, um, when they were at the tomb and Mary did not recognize Jesus. Why did he not recognize Jesus? Well, see, there's a lot of speculation on that too because last time Mary saw Jesus, he was beat to a bloody pulp. Mm-hmm. Right? Except for when they, well, the, she didn't, she wasn't in there preparing the body, was she? No, she had gone to prepare the body, yeah. but she watched him die. The, uh, that's, that could be the reason why she didn't recognize. Well, him. like I said, like I said, that's speculation. Yes, the Bible really doesn't know, say that. Say. Yeah, that's speculation. Speculation says that that's one reason when he appeared to her, 
She did not comprehend who it was. Why? Because she remembered the last image she saw of him and what she was looking at was not what she last saw. Right. All right, here's the other part of that. He said, don't touch me. I haven't gone to be my, gone to the Father yet. But when he was in the room with the disciples, a couple of verses later, he said, feel my scars. So did he chapter go to the Father? And he said in, in chapter 21, he says, I'm going to the Father. Tell my, tell my, brother, tell my brothers I'm going to the Father. So did he go to the Father? When he was on the cross, he told he told that um, the. Well, see, I'm gonna kick another one in on you right now. Chief, just I'm coming out of left field with this one. Mm-hmm. I would I would expect no less. <laughs> <laughs> you remember when Stephen was stoned? Yes. And as he's being stoned, he's looking up into heaven, and what mm-hmm. does he see? He sees Jesus standing mm-hmm. at the right hand. Mm-hmm. But wait a minute, wait a minute, he's standing. Mm-hmm. Isn't he supposed to be sitting? It wasn't finished, was it? It wasn't finished. At that point, Christ was still giving the, the, the Jewish people an opportunity for them to accept him as their Messiah, and he would immediately return and set his kingdom up. Mm-hmm. That's why he was standing. Yes. Even though we, we as Gentiles have been presented that he is sitting. Yes, he is sitting. Mm-hmm. For us as Gentiles and the rest of the world, after that final rejection, mm-hmm. he is sitting, mm-hmm. making intercessions for us. But he is still in a, in a body. Okay. Now, let, let, me, let me throw something. This is another one that comes out. It's, it's out on the outside of Stephen here, okay? Okay. What, what you're talking about, and, and today... Everything that's done, everything that God gives us, everything that we see, everything that comes from him, everything that, that, that is God has also been counterfeited. Mm-hmm. You start talking about that, you start getting into astral projection and, and mental telepathy and, and people being transported. Paul was transported. Because mm-hmm. when you go to the Corinthians, now, was he transported... Because when he was stoned and drug out of the city, mm-hmm. during that period of time, he was transported in his spirit somewhere else, and he saw a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a theologian. I can't explain that. But, but Paul himself was transported at some point in time mm-hmm. because he saw the holy city. He saw heaven, mm-hmm. but yet he came back. Now. You start talking about that, and you start talking about all these people that have claims that, that they've had a, an out-of-body experience mm-hmm. to where they stood back over and they were looking at the, the uh, emergency room and they saw all the doctors mm-hmm. around their physical body. Yeah, we're going to have another body. We're going to leave this body. Our spirit is mm-hmm. going to leave this body. But it also has to have a body to go into, mm-hmm. which is that perfected body that we're going to get when we stand before our, our Savior. Mm-hmm when we're actually in heaven, when we leave this body. And, and I've, often, I've often heard it quoted that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Mm-hmm. So answer, let's see, answer that first one. See, Paul writes that, and it, but I've had somebody, and I got, I'm trying to remember where it is in the scripture. Um, to be absent from the body, this doesn't have a, you don't have a, th- uh, not a th- concordance here. This Bible doesn't have a concordance. Uh, 
Oh, no, no. I got one up in my office. I think it's King James. Oh, by the way, we got about four Bibles laying around on the table. I know. <laughs> we got Christian standard, we got King James, New King James, then I the I'm going to see if I can uh, look this up on. Um, in in First Corinthians chapter 15, it talks about the body. It says, uh, "I'm going to try to find it now." Uh, oh, that's easy. But now Christ has risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man. Uh, came death by by man also came to the resur- came the resurrection of the dead for as a, in Adam all die even so in Christ all shall be made alive but each one in his own order Christ the first fruits afterwards those who are Christ at his coming then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when He puts an end to all rule and authority and power, for He must reign till He has put all enemies under His feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. All right, that talks about, you know, that right there gives you, okay, people died and they couldn't go to heaven until Jesus died. So that's where paradise is. Mm-hmm. And that's why He told that the thief on the cross, He goes today, or murder went on the cross. He said, today you'll be with me in paradise. But when he comes up, he's resurrection. He's the first fruit, and then he can take those up that have already fallen asleep. You know what first fruit is? What's the first? It's the fruit? Firstborn. Yeah. He's the first. Christ is the firstborn from the dead. Yes. Right. And everybody up to that point did all those sacrifices as an example of what he was going to do for them to, for the remission of sins. Um, Boy, you just opened up a can. I know. Look, you just so, opened up a can. So, of but in fifteen it says, uh, um, "Let's see, man, you opened up a can of worms." Uh, I'm trying to find a. And it talks about otherwise what will they do who are baptized for the dead for the dead if the dead do not rise at all? Why then are they baptized for the dead? And why do we stand in jeopardy every hour? I affirm by the boasting that, that I have in which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. If in a manner of men I fought I have fought to be the beast and uh let's see. Uh, there's the glorious bodies right there. But some some will say this is in verse thirty five says how are they dead? How are the dead raised up? And with the body do they come? And with what body do they come? Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or, or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases and to each seed its own body. All flesh is not the flesh, the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of animals, another fish, another birds. There are also celestial bodies and ter- terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for one star differs from another star in glory. 
So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in natural body, but it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written. The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last, last Adam became a, a life-giving spirit. So it's the spirit actually that gives life. The blood's life, the fleshly body, the spiritual yes. life, and the spiritual body. The spiritual, yeah. The blood keeps this 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 body alive, this, but the spirit, the soul, keeps the next body. All right. Let, let me let me throw you one here. Okay, go ahead. Throw it. We got about we got a few minutes. All right. Let's flip back to Matthew chapter twenty-seven. In verse 50, I'm going to start, start right there. Right. Jesus cried out again with a loud voice. This is at the crucifixion. And he yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn into from top to bottom. The earth And the earth quaked, the rocks were split, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep was raised. Mm-hmm. And coming out of the graves... After his Christ's resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Yes. Jeffrey's already been a resurrection. Mm-hmm. And they appeared to many. And they appeared to many. So so when when a when a body, when something appears to somebody, that means there's a body. Yes. There's a, there's a, a recognizable form, mm-hmm. if you will. Right. Uh, now I've never you know I've seen the body of a cow, but I've never seen the body of a cow after it's died and come back. Right. I mean, why is that? Because cattle don't have a spirit. Right. Now Native Americans would probably argue with that, and probably some Hindus and some mm-hmm. other you know. They'd argue with that too. But when a human dies, because a human is created as an eternal being because he has a spirit. Yeah. Not only does he have a spirit, he has a body. Now to maintain the physical body of flesh, he has to have blood. Right. Okay. The blood is the life of the of of, of the flesh. flesh. That's why there must be a sacrifice for the sin of the flesh. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Yes. So the blood is shed to pay for the flesh. Yes. Once the flesh is paid for, then the spirit is clean and can go live where it's supposed to. Yes. And Jesus, yeah. And all right, so in in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, So we are also always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. With the Lord, mm-hmm. see a lot. I've, I've had people tell me it says um, it, it says we hope to be with the Lord, but it says and be present with the Lord. So the first question is: Yes, we get a different body because we don't have the the flesh is, is corrupt and the, and the corruption cannot inherit the incorrupt. You know, the, mm-hmm. this body cannot go to heaven because it it it, it is deteriorating. Yeah. Um, however, our spirit goes with a new body because it was a body that was condemned and not the spirit. Yes. 
Well, they were all well, condemned, and then just, and yeah. But the when Jesus was separated, when, the body was condemned. When God went, when in the Garden of, of Eden, when God said, "Let us make man in our own image," He didn't make man in the image of a, of, of a five nine fat white haired <laughs> preacher. Um, he made us in the image of Him, as in um, He is His Spirit. And the Bible says, worship God in truth and in spirit because he is truth and spirit. I can't believe you talk about me that way. I talk about both of us. One oh. with it. <laughs> but anyway, so then, so then you look and say, okay, so the body's, uh, we're going to have a different body. And the, because of the, the, the sin of Adam, we're dying. Right. But because of the the blood of Jesus, we're able to live. Which goes back but, to the statement that Satan made in the garden. You shall not surely die. Or you that like word die. surely. Yeah. Yes, you shall not surely die. Surely is right. focusing and, on the flesh. Yeah. And and here's this is so this is so all this other stuff is so symbolic. Baptism is the death and burial and resurrection of the old you. And you can't take the old you. And that's why Paul writes, I put off the old me and put on the new me. And and, uh, and uh, when I was a child, I thought like a child. And when I became a man, I thought like a man. And, um, put away and all that, man. all that is, is so symbolic of the fact that this body we're we're in is not going to go to heaven. Well, even even what you were just saying right there when you read the scripture, that which is sown, yes, that's that's the symbolism of being put in the ground. So, yeah. what do you do with seeds? You put them in the ground, and then the, and, and then, then they come back out of the ground. Right, they die. The seed dies and comes out of that husk that it's in, that protective mm-hmm. thing that's covering that it's in, and it goes on to be what it's supposed to be. Yes, which is the same thing. The body is sown in corruption, mm-hmm. but it is raised in incorruption. Mm-hmm. If, if in fact we belong to Christ, yes, we have we have. And I hate to use this terminology. I hate to put it this way, but if we have accepted, which indi- which which is an indicator of somebody saying, "Well, you've got to do something." Well, yeah, you've done something. You've accepted. Well, no, you haven't done anything when you've accepted. You've come to realization that unless Christ has done all this for you, mm-hmm. and when you start talking about that, then you start talking about semantics and in in you know, wordplay and all this stuff like mm-hmm. that and spin doctors. But yes, when you accept it, when you come to a realization of it, when your mind grasps onto it and it gets into your heart, that is the accepting of it. It's not mm-hmm. something that you do. Accepting Christ is not a, it's not a function. Right. Accepting Christ is coming to a realization that he has done everything for you. And it, that blood that he shed was that shedding of blood that remissed your sins. Yes. yes. Which gives you that right to, that power to, that Christ talks about when he says, oh, I've come to have that you may have life and have it more abundant. That's the abundant life. Abundant life. Not abundance in life, but abundance of life. Mm-hmm. Of life. Mm-hmm. Not abundance while you're living. That's right. But life itself. Right. And that life is in that spirit. Yeah. 
See, I think people get get confused because what you're saying, and and this is where the word police, and I'm everybody knows I'm persnickety about words um, being take- used appropriately and inappropriately. Uh, and it, because it changes the entire meaning of everything, that's just what we're talking about. Yes, exactly. So, but you're you know when you start talking about your abundance of life, people think that they're going to have an abundance in this world, and this is what that they're going to prosper so greatly here. But that's not that contradicts the Bible because the Bible says once you become a Christian, you're going to be persecuted for for the name of Christ. You're gonna you're gonna be put down for the name of Christ. You're not, and 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 hard work and de- dedication is is gonna get you through life financially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the love of God is gonna help you. But the abundance is in the life from the time you receive Christ mm-hmm. through eternity. That abundance of life, mm-hmm. and you're and and you're you're gonna get you're getting there. And people don't realize that, but, um, and, and here's, so really truthfully, you know, and I can't remember which order I asked the questions, but I should have had them written down. I didn't, but well, you know, like you said, do we ever do We that? don't never think about this, but, but yes, we're going to have a new body. That means that if, if I'm an organ donor, when the resurrection happens, people are, there's somebody, a helicopter outside. Okay. There's. My my organs are not going to come flying out of all these people. They're not going to be sitting there and all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. I mean, oh. when the dead in Christ shall rise, my organs are not going to do that. Oh, um, what a mental picture! I know that's how can you imagine somebody all of a sudden what? their knee just coming up, <laughs> what or a kidney or something, <laughs> or <laughs> that lung. Uh, a heart transplant recipient really would be upset. Oh my um, goodness! But you said so. But well, that that you you say that though, and that morphs right in, into from that into people that, that are, are are cremated. Yeah. Uh, what about all the people that that, that were Christians that got lost in a, in the World Trade Center? When they got burnt up, I mean, blown up, blown and destroyed up, up in, in, uh, in wars and and are lost in the sea. It, yeah. See, God's going to create something else for us. He's got a new body for us. And the other thing, when you start looking at this, is because we're going to have a new body. And here's my, here's my take. When I start reading about God's love, and I start, and you look in here, it talks about, uh, they asked Jesus, they said, a, man marries, a woman marries a man, and the man dies. And they go through that seven times. Yes. Yes. Whose husband is she? Well, it don't matter. Right. Well, here's the thing. This is based on that scripture. He goes, you know, it, she's not anybody's husband. Mm. Here's the thing. When we get to heaven, we're going to be so, because we're absent from the body, this flesh that is sinful and we can't, and you go back to, if we give good gifts as, as, as parents mm-hmm. and what kind of greater gifts can God give us, you know, that's in Matthew. And we look at this and they say, okay, we're going to be absent from the body. We're going to be absent from this sinful, corrupt flesh, and in and in a and and in a spiritual body, in the presence of God, who is love. Hello, this is Jeff and John. I'm Jeff. He's John. Jeff, and uh, we're on the other side of the pulpit. 
I'm uh, John's a preacher's kid, and I'm a preacher with kids, and we get together. We just try to discuss the Bible and different things and different aspects about life to try to understand God's word more, so that we can grow deeper in God's word, and we can uh, maybe help others grow deeper. So we just have conversations, and y'all are invited to listen. Um, we've invited people in here to come and talk, but then they hear our minds, and they're like, "Y'all are just weird." So anyway. We will get started with prayer. Dear Lord, Father, thank you so much for this day. Father, thank you for all your many blessings. Father, we thank you that you have given us your word that is living true today as it was the day it was written. Father, we thank you for your son dying on the cross for our sins and raising from the dead so that we can have eternal life with you. Father, we ask you that anyone that listens to this, that they will, they will just have a desire to study your word. We ask it all in your son's holy name. Amen. All right, John. Just so y'all know this is real uh, and, and what Jeff's talking about is usually when we come in and start these things, one or the other or both of us have absolutely no ideas what we're saying. <laughs> one we or have, the other or both. Or both. That's true. We have, we, we have, neither of us, some, like today, I have no idea what's going through his mind. So when he springs the subject on me that he's come across, then I'll know. So I don't have any. I don't. I have no idea what he's going to ask me and what we're going to talk about today. I thought you said you had something to spring on. Oh me. no, no! I, sp- I already sprung mine. What <laughs> was left over from last week, man? I mean, uh, you put pressure on me, John. Pressure. Mm-hmm. That's pressure's in a tire. Your tire holds a car up. <laughs> Think about that. One. Uh. So what you what you got on your mind? I mean, you we we've discovered this has been a long week. I mean, you've been to the mountains, you've done a wedding, you've uh, uh, yes, I have. So what else have you done? Hey, I did a wedding, and they're both still speaking to me. Well, you done a wedding, they're both still speaking to each other. Yeah, it's only been a week though. (laughs) (laughs) They're both still speaking to each other. (laughs) Uh, We we we. For the last, what, four go-arounds, we've been talking about faith, right? Yes, yes, and We've we been talking about what faith means. And, and the reason that come up, if you listen to these things, it's because the subject came up about people that are now running for political office. And now, all of a sudden, everybody says that they're people of faith. Mm-hmm. And, and we've talked about well, just exactly what, that, what does that mean. Well, we quoted out to King James, and we went to the... Uh, uh, New American Standard, and, we, and I ran across one in, in, in uh, Romans last week from the NIV, and it kind of changed it, but yet at the same time, it didn't change it right? because of the way it was worded. And, and, and we just we kind of briefly touched on it with each other, but let me, let me read that to you, and uh, we'll tell you all, so you'll finish up what we finished up last week. <laughs> That's right. And, and what we came down to was the uh, first chapter of Romans, verse 17. When it says, for in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Well, we kind of we hit that and we didn't realize, you know, according to the NIV, we're pretty well right. Yes. And, and I've been confronted the last couple of weeks with people saying, I'm, I'm losing my faith or so-and-so's losing their faith and, and this and that. Well, it just kind of dawned on us a while ago that if God's dealt everybody a measure of faith, how can you lose something that you've been dealt 
that you didn't know you had. It's the fact you've got it and you just don't know how to apply it. You don't, mm-hmm. you, you don't realize that within yourself that every day when you wake up and put your feet on the floor, you are exercising faith. So, so you can't lose something that's a part of it. That's true. All right. Yes, and so people don't realize they have faith. And, and you and I were talking, it's just like people don't understand gravity when they're babies, when they're children, and all of a sudden they, they're taught gravity, and then, they, and then people go, oh, it existed way before they understood it. And your faith exists, and people don't understand it until they start getting in the Word. They don't realize that they're living by faith no matter what they're doing. And it's, it, it, it's not necessarily having or not having faith. It's applying that faith mm-hmm. and where it's applied in the direction it's applied. It's the object of that faith. So, all right. Anyway, you ready for mine? Uh, hit me. Not right. literally. <laughs> so I, I have been told, you know, I've been questioned on many occasions on this, and and um, so this is a different type of theological theological question for you, John. Okay. Um, when when somebody dies where does their soul go immediately or does it go anywhere and then are we going to be in the same body as we were in as we're in here and and the third part of this question is will we know each other in heaven the way we know each other here <laughs> Scripture says we will know as we are known. Mm-hmm. And as, have, as far as the body goes, we're going to have a physical body, but the body won't have blood in it. Because the life is in the blood of a physical body. Mm-hmm. But the life is spirit. So therefore, we've got to have a body to have a spirit. But spirit don't have blood. And that body that we're going to have, if you look at Christ when he was resurrected from the dead and came back to the disciples, he appeared to them in a locked room. How did he get in a locked room? Mm-hmm. But yet he was in a body. Why was he in a body? How do we know that? Because he ate. He said, right. you got any fish? Here's the other thing, all right? So go back. When he was, yes, when uh, coffee's ready, y'all. That noise in the background, that's coffee. That was coffee making. Look, so John, so if you read about Philip going and witnessing to the eunuch, he met him on the road. He went to the road and he met him, right? Oh, that's a good one right there. You know where I'm going with this. I know where you're going with that. And then it says that after he baptized that eunuch, that he... Went to Jerusalem. I mean, but he didn't walk. He just he went from one beam me up, Scotty type. He he God transformed him from where he was to Jerusalem, according to the scripture. So, and then when Jesus was about to be pushed off the ledge, he just kind of went through through the crowd. The crowd. And Peter was in prison, and then he was not in prison. Then he was anymore. not in prison. So 
talk to me about it. So God can do anything. God could take me right now and put me anywhere he wanted to put me. And, and, and I would be from here leaving here. I could walk out this door. And, and when I open the, uh, this door and walk out, I could be walking into another place because God can do that because God can do amazing things. Well, so, it's, it's funny you said that. And then in, in John, wait a minute now, in John chapter 20 or 21, I can't remember which, um, when they were at the tomb, and Mary did not recognize Jesus. Why did he not recognize Jesus? Well, see, there's a lot of speculation on that too because last time Mary saw Jesus, he was beat to a bloody pulp. Mm-hmm. Right? Except for when they were... Well, the, she, didn't, she wasn't in there preparing the body, was she? No, she had gone to prepare the body, yeah. but she watched him die. The... Uh, that's, that could be the reason why she didn't recognize. Well, him. like I said, like I said, that's speculation. Yes, the Bible really doesn't know. say it that. Say. Yeah, that's speculation. Speculation says that that's one reason when he appeared to her, yeah. she did not comprehend who it was. Why? Because she remembered the last image she saw of him, and what she was looking at was not what she last saw. Right. All right. Here's the other part of that. He said, don't touch me. I haven't gone to, be my, gone to the Father yet. But when he was in the room with the disciples, a couple of verses later, he said, fill my scars. So did he chapter go to the Father? And he said in, in chapter 21, he says, I'm going to the Father. Tell my, tell, my brother, tell my brothers I'm going to the Father. So did he go to the Father? When he was on the cross, he told, he told that um, the... Well, see, I'm gonna kick another one in on you right now. You just, I'm coming out of left field with this one. Mm-hmm. I would, I would expect no less. <laughs> you remember when Stephen was stoned? Yes. And as he's being stoned, he's looking up into heaven, and what mm-hmm. does he see? He sees Jesus standing mm-hmm. at the right hand. Mm-hmm. But wait a minute! Wait a minute! He's standing. Mm-hmm. Isn't he supposed to be sitting? It wasn't finished, was it? It wasn't finished. At that point, Christ was still giving the, the, the Jewish people an opportunity for them to accept him as their Messiah, and he would immediately return and set his kingdom up. Mm-hmm. That's why he was standing. Yes. Even though we, we as Gentiles have been presented that he is sitting, yes, he is sitting mm-hmm. for us as Gentiles and the rest of the world. After that final rejection, mm-hmm. he is sitting. Mm-hmm. Making intercessions for us, but he is still in a in a body. Okay. Now, let let me let me throw something. This is another one that comes out. It's, it's out on the outside of Stephen here. Okay. Okay. What what you're talking about in in today? Everything that's done, everything that God gives us, everything that we see, everything that comes from Him, everything that 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 is God has also been counterfeited. Mm-hmm. you start talking about that you start getting into astral projection and, and mental telepathy and, and people being transported Paul was transported because mm-hmm. when you go to the Corinthians now was he transported because when he was stoned and drug out of the city 
Mm-hmm. During that period of time, he was transported in his spirit somewhere else, and he saw a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a theologian. I can't explain that. But, but Paul himself was transported at some point in time mm-hmm. because he saw the holy city. He saw heaven, mm-hmm. but yet he came back. Now you start talking about that, and you start talking about all these people that claims that that they've had a an out-of-body experience mm-hmm. to where they stood back over and they were looking at the, the uh, emergency room and they saw all the doctors mm-hmm. around their physical body. Yeah, we're going to have another body. We're going to leave this body. Our spirit is mm-hmm. going to leave this body. But it also has to have a body to go into, mm-hmm. which is that perfected body that we're going to get when we stand before our, our Savior. Mm-hmm. When we're actually in heaven, when we leave this body... And and I've often I've often heard it quoted that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Mm-hmm. So answer, let's see, answer that first one. See, Paul writes that, and it, but I've had somebody, and I got I'm trying to remember where it is in the scripture. Um, to be absent from the body, this doesn't have a. You don't have a th- uh, not a thesaurus. Concordance here. This Bible doesn't have a concordance. No, not I got that. one up in my office. I think it's King James. Oh, by the way, we got about four Bibles laying around on the table. I know. <laughs> we got Christian standing. We got King James, New King James. Then I'm the. Uh, let's see here. This, this is a whole new King James. I'm going to see if I can uh, look this up on. Um, in in First Corinthians chapter 15, it talks about the body. It says. Uh, I'm going to try to find it now. Uh, oh, that's easy. But now Christ has risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man uh, came death, by, by man also came, to the resur- came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order. Christ the first fruits, afterwards those who are Christ at his coming. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and authority and power. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. All right. That talks about. You know, that right there gives you, okay, people died and they couldn't go to heaven until Jesus died. So that's where paradise is. Mm-hmm. And that's why he told that the thief on the cross, he goes today, or murder went on the cross. He said, today you'll be with me in paradise. But when he comes up, he's resurrection. He's the first fruit. And then he can take those up that have already fallen asleep. You know what first fruit is? What's the first it's the fruit? firstborn. Yeah. He's the first, Christ is the firstborn from the dead. Yes. Right. And everybody up to that point did all those sacrifices as an example of what he was going to do for them to, for the remission of sins. Um, Boy, you just opened up a can. I know, look. You just so, opened up a can. So, but in 15, words. it says, uh, um, let's see. Man, you opened up a can of worms. Ah. Uh, I'm trying to find a. Uh, 
And it talks about otherwise, what will they do who are baptized for the dead? For the dead, if the dead do not rise at all, why then are they baptized for the dead? And why do we stand in jeopardy every hour? I affirm by the boasting that that I have in which I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I die daily. If in a manner of men I fought, I have fought to be the beast. And uh, let's see, ah, there's the glorious bodies right there. But some some will say this is in verse thirty five says. How are they dead? How are the dead raised up? And with the body do they come? And with what body do they come? Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or, or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases and to each seed its own body. All flesh is not the flesh, the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of animals, another of fish, another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and ter- terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for one star differs from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in natural body, but it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written. The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last, last Adam became a, a life-giving spirit. So it's the spirit actually that gives life. The blood's life, the fleshly body, the spiritual yes. life, and the spiritual body. The spiritual, yeah. The blood keeps this 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 body alive, this, but the spirit, the soul, keeps the next body. All right. Let, let me let me throw you one here. Okay, go ahead. Throw it. We got about we got a few minutes. All right. Let's flip back to Matthew chapter twenty-seven. In verse 50, I'm going to start, start right there. Right. Jesus cried out again with a loud voice. This is at the crucifixion. And he yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn into from top to bottom. The earth And the earth quaked, the rocks were split, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep was raised. Mm-hmm. And coming out of the graves... After his Christ's resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Yes. Jeffrey's already been a resurrection. Mm-hmm. And they appeared to many. And they appeared to many. So so when when a when a body, when something appears to somebody, that means there's a body. Yes. There's a, there's a, a recognizable form, mm-hmm. if you will. Right. Uh, now I've never you know I've seen the body of a cow, but I've never seen the body of a cow after it's died and come back. Right. And then why is that? Because cattle don't have a spirit. Right. Now Native Americans would probably argue with that, and probably some Hindus and some mm-hmm. other you know. They'd argue with that too. But when a human dies, because a human is created as an eternal being because he has a spirit. Yeah. Not only does he have a spirit, he has a body. Now to maintain the physical body of flesh, he has to have blood. Right. Okay. 
The blood is the life of the, of, of, of the flesh. flesh. That's why there must be a sacrifice for the sin of the flesh. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Yes. So the blood is shed to pay for the flesh. Yes. Once the flesh is paid for, then the spirit is clean and can go live where it's supposed to. Yes. And Jesus, yeah. And all right, so in Second in Corinthians chapter 5, it says, So we are also always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. With the Lord. See, a lot. I've, I've had people tell me, it says, um, it, it says, we hope to be with the Lord, but it says, and be present with the Lord. So the first question is, yes, we get a different body because we don't have the, the flesh is, is corrupt and the, and the corruption cannot inherit the incorrupt. Mm-hmm. You know, the, mm-hmm. this body cannot go to heaven because it, 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 it is deteriorating. Yeah. Um, however, our spirit goes with a new body. Because it was the body that was condemned and not the spirit. Yes. Well, they were all well, condemned. And just, and yeah. But the when spirit Jesus, was separated, when, the body was condemned. When God went, went in the Garden of, of Eden, when God said, let us make man in our own image, he didn't make man in the image of a, of, of a five, nine, fat, white-haired <laughs> preacher. Um, he made us in the image of him as in... Um, he is his spirit. And the Bible says, worship God in truth and in spirit because he is truth and spirit. I can't believe you talk about me that way. I talk about both of us. Oh. One with it. <laughs> but anyway, so then, so then you look and say, okay, so the body's, uh, we're going to have a different body. And the, because of the, the, the sin of Adam, we're dying. Right. But because of the the blood of Jesus, we're able to live. Which goes back but, to the statement that Satan made in the garden. You shall not surely die. Or you that like word God. surely. Yeah. Yes, you shall not surely die. Surely is right. focusing and, on the flesh. Yeah. And and here's this is so this is so all this other stuff is so symbolic. Baptism is the death and burial and resurrection of the old you. And you can't take the old you. And that's why Paul writes, I put off the old me and put on the new me. And and, uh, and uh, when I was a child, I thought like a child. And when I became a man, I thought like a man. And, um, put away and all that, man. all that is, is so symbolic of the fact that this body we're we're in is not going to go to heaven. Well, even even what you were just saying right there when you read the scripture, that which is sown, yes, that's that's the symbolism of being put in the ground. So, yeah. what do you do with seeds? You put them in the ground, and then the, and, and then, then they come back out of the ground. Right, they die. The seed dies and comes out of that husk that it's in, that protective mm-hmm. thing that's covering that it's in, and it goes on to be what it's supposed to be. Yes, which is the same thing. The body is sown in corruption, mm-hmm. but it is raised in incorruption. Mm-hmm. If if in fact we belong to Christ, yes, we have we have. And I hate to use this terminology. I hate to put it this way, but if we have accepted, which indi- which 
which is an indicator of somebody saying, well, you've got to do something. Well, yeah, you've done something. You've accepted. Well, no, you haven't done anything when you've accepted. You've come to realization that unless Christ has done all this for you, Mm -hmm. And when you start talking about that, then you start talking about semantics and, and, and you know, wordplay and all this stuff like mm-hmm. that and spin doctors. But yes, when you accept it, when you come to a realization of it, when your mind grasps onto it and it gets into your heart, that is the accepting of it. It's not mm-hmm. something that you do. Accepting Christ is not a, it's not a function. Right. Accepting Christ is coming to a realization that he has done everything for you. And it, that blood that he shed was that shedding of blood that remissed your sins. Yes. yes. Which gives you that right to, that power to, that Christ talks about when he says, oh, I've come to have that you may have life and have it more abundant. That's the abundant life. Abundant life. Not abundance in life, but abundance of life. Mm-hmm. Of life. Mm-hmm. Not abundance while you're living. That's right. But life itself. Right. And that life is in that spirit. Yeah. See, I think people get get confused because what you're saying, and, and this is where the word police, and I'm everybody knows I'm persnickety about words um, being take- used appropriately and inappropriately. Uh, and it, because it changes the entire meaning of everything, that's just what we're talking about. Yes, exactly. So, but you're you know when you start talking about your abundance of life, people think that they're going to have an abundance in this world, and this is what that they're going to prosper so greatly here. But that's not that contradicts the Bible because the Bible says once you become a Christian, you're going to be persecuted for for the name of Christ. You're gonna you're gonna be put down for the name of Christ. You're not, and 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 hard work and de- dedication is is gonna get you through life financially, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the love of God is gonna help you. But the abundance is in the life from the time you receive Christ mm-hmm. through eternity. That abundance of life, mm-hmm. and you're and and you're you're gonna get you're getting there. And people don't realize that, but, um, and, and here's, so really truthfully, you know, and I can't remember which order I asked the questions, so I should have had them written down. I didn't, but what, you know, like you said, do we ever do We that? don't never think about this, but, but yes, we're going to have a new body. That means that if, if I'm an organ donor, when the resurrection happens, people are, there's somebody, a helicopter outside. Okay. There's. My my organs are not going to come flying out of all these people. They're not going to be sitting there and all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. I mean, oh. when the dead in Christ shall rise, my organs are not going to do that. Oh, um, what a mental picture! I know that's. I can't imagine somebody all of a sudden what? their knee just coming up, <laughs> What's or a kidney or something. <laughs> or, <laughs> or that lung. Uh, a heart transplant recipient really would be upset. Oh my um, goodness! But you said so. But well, that that you you say that though, and that morphs right in, into from that into people that, that are, are are cremated. Yeah. Uh, what about all the people that that, that were Christians that got lost in a, in the World Trade Center? Well, they got burned up. I mean, blown up, blown and destroyed up, up in, in, uh, in wars and and are lost in the sea. It, yeah. 
see, God's going to create something else for us. He's got a new body for us. And the other thing, when you start looking at this, is because we're going to have a new body. And here's my, here's my take. When I start reading about God's love, and I start, and you look in here and it talks about, uh, they asked Jesus, they said, a man marries, a woman marries a man and a man dies. And they go through that seven times. Yes. Yes. Whose husband is she? Well, it don't matter. Right. Well, here's the thing. This is based on that scripture. He goes, you know, it, she's not anybody's husband. Mm. Here's the thing. When we get to heaven, we're going to be so, because we're absent from the body, this flesh that is sinful and we can't, and you go back to, if we give good gifts as, as, as parents mm-hmm. and what kind of greater gifts can God give us, you know, that's in Matthew. And we look at this and they say, okay, we're going to be absent from the body. We're going to be absent from this sinful, corrupt flesh and in a spiritual body in the presence of God who is love. 